You're listening to the Astro Backyard Podcast. Capture the night sky. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Astro Backyard Podcast, where we talk about astrophotography and why it has taken over our lives. My name is Trevor Jones from astrobackyard.com, and with me as always is Steve Malia from Ontario Telescope and Accessories. Hello, everyone. How, how are you? Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, Trevor. You always do that. I know. I know. Just let me finish. Do you want? Do you, should we stop and start over again? No. <laughs> okay. Let good. Me, let me finish. Okay. And oh now gosh. Steve is going to the guy that never cuts me off because he's so polite is going to tell you what we're talking about in today's episode. So Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, we are talking about galaxies. It is galaxy season. I wish I had one of those echoing voices like they do for monster trucks. Galaxy season. Um, it's galaxy season now. We're in the thick of it. Uh, and this is where if you have a big telescope, a long focal length telescope, this is the time to pull it out and and get those big objects, those deep space, far out objects and pull them in. Uh, Trevor, you were doing that the other night. I saw your video. You had the, uh, 132 out. The Leo triplet I was going after. Yeah, it is. It, we are entering galaxy season as we were like, we're kind of saying goodbye to the winter nebula stuff in Orion. It's still a good chance to, to shoot a lot of that stuff. You can get maybe two, two and a half, three hours on, on certain objects, such as like the cone nebula and stuff. But really, now is the time to start planning your your season-long galaxy pro, uh, projects that you can actually soak in a ton of time on. It's, now is the time. I, I agree. So the, uh, the you know... The big area to get galaxies is the Virgo cluster, and I had a really hard time bringing that out just now. In uh, the, the Virgo cluster, well, it's called the Virgo cluster because it's in Virgo, and there you can just spend an entire night if you were to talk visually um, about going into uh, the galaxies and everything that's available there. So, you know, I did a quick look. I counted. 20, 20 uh, Messier objects there alone. So if you're doing a Messier marathon, that's where you want to uh, do it and get a big chunk of it done. Right. Some of the big galaxies out there that you can find, uh, well, you mentioned the Leo triplet, right? Mm-hmm. Which I guess is actually in Leo. And then there's also the, well, the Mercarian chain. What else have we got? M105. Oh, yeah, looking at my list of ones I've shot in galaxy seasons past, uh, the Needle Galaxy is a good one. Uh, turns out good in a DSLR, the Whale Galaxy and the Hockey Stick. Those are really cool. I love the Whale Galaxy. It's got a really some really nice uh, depth to it, and it's like got those nice blue colors to it. it and, Sunflower Galaxy is beautiful. And it is called the Hockey Stick. Not the Crowbar. Not the Crowbar. It is in the Canada, we call it the Hockey Stick. Yep. We're, we're quite, um, we're not budging on that one. No, no, no. it's not, not up for negotiation. <laughs> no, uh, Sombrero is so small, but, but really cool. Uh, Sunflower Galaxy, that's a nice pretty one, right? It's on a nice angle I've always found. Yeah. The Pinwheel, fan favorite. M101. M101. M101's rather, it's one of the larger ones. Still small, but bigger than a lot of these other ones we mentioned. Yep. It really extends those spiral arms out. You know, the, the nice thing with M101, you don't need a big scope for it either, I find. 
No, I've shot it through, yeah, 80 millimeter refractor. You get some serious detail in there. Yeah, it's nice and bright. It's a mag 7.9. So if you've got some semi-dark skies uh, or a good light pollution filter, then you should be able to uh, pick it up. Um, and, and it's also good uh, got some good hydrogen alpha data in it as well. So if you do monochrome imaging, you can pull in some uh, HA, RGB uh, images with it and... I think it'll look really nice. You get those nice pinks. Uh, yeah, it's one of the ones where the HA actually does add some nice uh, extra detail to it. Yeah, and as we get and, in... And, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that we should state right off the bat that these are broadband targets too. So That's true. You, you, you don't need a modified camera to enjoy amazing images of galaxies um, because they're, they're, they're broadband targets. Yep. Just take your DSLR, put it on your camera, and click away. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they turn out well with the DSLR. The biggest thing with galaxies is just having the reach to actually pull them in. Right. So what kind of scopes would you recommend, Trevor? Well, for, for me, I'm just going as the longest focal length I have. So the RC6 is my best choice. Because what is that about 1,000, Steve? Or is uh, it like more is more like eight eight 900? Uh, it's a little bit more. It's an F9. Yeah. So... Uh... It works out to 1350. 1350. Okay, so that's the, by far the the farthest reach I have. And then if I'm going refractors, I was using the 132 on the on the Leo triplet, the uh, the William Optics 132, and that one is about 900 millimeter. Right. So if you're if you're shooting really wide, like some of these scopes that are you know 400 or my goodness, the Red Cat 250, you're just going to get a dot. Mm -hmm. It's not that's meant for you know super large nebula targets. For galaxies, like an SCT is is a great choice. Something with a thousand millimeters is is what you want. Uh, well, an SCT, like an eight inch SCT, will give you two thousand millimeters. Um, that'll pull. That'll pull it in. Yeah, uh, there's larger RCs as well. Uh, and and you know anyone that has like a Celestron Edge HD scope, this is where it'll really shine because you get that ultra flat field with it, and you get that extra reach. So you can really bring in those really far out, really small objects. So, you know, the guys that have the big C14s, the big C11s, uh, which are really good for planetary and solar system type of observing and imaging. Yeah. This is where the, they'll get a really good workout um, and perform. You just have to keep in mind that having uh, a higher f-stop, uh, being an f10, mm -hmm. uh, your exposure time is going to be higher. So, you know... Yes, a DSLR will pull it off. Um, you probably would benefit more from a cooled camera because your exposure time will be longer, uh, especially on those far out objects. Uh, having a, a dark sky location is also critical uh, because when you have a bigger optic, you will be letting in more light. That also includes light pollution. So keep, keep that in mind it, if you're imaging from, from a suburb you have you'll have to to contend with that so if you have that bigger right. optic you have more light pollution coming in as well so, so talk about a list of challenges for some of these galaxies so first of all you need a big scope with with a long focal length to get there which is more, much more demanding on tracking accuracy and auto guiding yes then if you're dealing with f9 f10 you need longer exposure time so again more of a chance to expose any issues in your polar alignment or tracking accuracy 
And then to add on to that, if you're shooting with a DSLR, those long exposures are going to heat up the sensor and then you're dealing with noise. So it's like those, those setups that are, that are great for planetary photography, like you mentioned, those are the same setups that are going to excel at um, deep sky galaxy targets. Right. Uh, and with a cooled camera is, is really going to make a huge difference. Yeah. If you're going to be getting into auto guiding, which I would suggest you do for any long exposure uh, imaging. Oh, it's a must of those focal lengths. Yeah, it's a must of those focal lengths. Uh, seriously look at an off-axis guider because then you'll be guiding at the same focal length as what you're imaging, which uh, it will give you a night and day difference in terms of control of your uh, of your guiding. When you're guiding with a shorter focal length scope on a, on a long, long, long focal length telescope yeah that you're not going to get the the accuracy and precision you could get a lot of swings or you might not be guiding uh, might not be correcting rather as often as you should be there's too much of a mismatch between yeah, too the much two of a mismatch. So this, this is where an off-axis guider would really really shine in those long focal lengths you know I, i've seen off-axis guiding working successfully i've got friends that use it as well on you know 102 millimeter f7 so right. uh, like your, your Explore Scientific Scope, right? Using an off-axis guider. There's benefits. It's lighter, for one. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to... You basically set it and forget it. You don't have to worry about focusing uh, uh, that guide scope all the time. So right, on, an, right. on, on an SCT or longer focal length, the, an off-axis guider is something that's definitely recommended. We uh, should have an entire episode on off-axis guiding because it's something new to me and I want to learn more about it. We could. We should. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, we will. Should we just stop this now and cancel and start over again? Why do you always say that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, did we mention all of the great galaxy targets? Oh I man, think? we no, we didn't mention all the great ones. You know, my favorite is the needle. I just think it looks totally awesome. Uh, needle does look totally awesome. That edge on. If you spend a lot of time with it and you get all the detail, um, you get that nice glow from the center. Totally. And, and you can see it, it looks like, actually like see structure and clouds going around. It's just one of those. That's right. Yeah, it's got objects. that bright uh, nucleus core and yeah. then the thick, dark clouds edge on passing in front of it. Very yeah. Hubble-esque looking. Yeah. And I'm looking at my photo just taken with the DSLR right now, and I see lots of other galaxies in the background. Uh, wait, one, two, three. I see three obvious ones, but yeah, you're right. Go for the needle galaxy. Yeah. It's a, it, it is a stunner. And the photo I'm looking at was taken through an 80-millimeter refractor. So Yeah. Another, another nice one, too, um, in Virgo, M104, the Sombrero. This is a, mm -hmm. a really nice galaxy. It, it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's one of those images that can be done in mono, and it looks really nice uh, in RGB. Yeah, so again, just with uh, a DSLR or a one-shot color camera, uh, that, that's a nice, nice one. Funny that you mentioned it right after the needle, because it's so similar with yep. that bright core with the cloud going around it, but it's tilted a little bit. Yes, yeah. And then another one of my favorites, just to look at, I like, sometimes I'll just look this look up galaxies, and this one always comes up, and I, I think it's just pretty to look at, but it's got an ugly name. Um, uh, the Black Eye Galaxy, I guess it got into an yeah. argument with uh, um, another one, and, you know, it lost. 
but yeah, it's a very interesting galaxy. Absolutely, it, that's a nice galaxy. Um, you know what? Even visually, it picks up nicely. If you were to uh, just try to find it visually, right? Um, we mentioned Mercarian's chain. That that's a pretty one. I find you need a bit of a longer focal, uh, not longer, a wider field of view. Sure. So shorter focal length. length. So if you have a 102 millimeter f7, you know this should be good. If you have a longer scope like an FLT-132 or um, an Explore Scientific 127mm, that class of scope, uh, that, that aperture size, then you'll need a reducer in order to just fit it in. Um, it, yeah. It's just a large area. Right? It, it's pretty as well. If you well. want to get the whole thing, yeah. If you want to get the whole thing. Or you can mosaic it, right? Um, M51, nice and high this time of year. I would recommend uh, taking a shot at that. Uh, that it's um, it's you know it's really far away. I think it's like fifty four million light years away. But it's fifty one. Did you say? Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, it's a mag eight, so it's bright. Um, again, easy to find visually. So if you can find it visually, you shouldn't have a problem uh, picking it up in your camera. And yeah, yeah, I've seen visually it is cool. You can see the uh, the, the connection part of it too. Yeah, M fifty one is really unique looking. Yeah, that other that bridge. Yeah. That, right, it's connecting to another galaxy that isn't related to M fifty one NGC fifty one ninety five. Okay, cataloged right. separately. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, yeah, it's its own galaxy, and like I, I'm assuming, the gravitational pull of M51 is just bringing it together. For all we know, it's already there, right? And mm -hmm. it's just 51 million years from now. Right? It, well, we're seeing 51 million what? years ago. And uh, you see that picture I just put in the uh, the chat? Yeah. Of M51. That's that's gorgeous. That's that's like my best galaxy image, and that was taken with a reflector. Really? Eh? I haven't used my eight-inch reflector in so long. Yeah. But I mean, it is—it's a big light bucket f four. Yep. For 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 those who can't see, because this is an audio podcast, <laughs> Trevor just sent me a picture of his M fifty one, and it is beautiful. I like the structure on it, right? And that's just with a DSLR. That's with DSLR, yeah. Yeah, you can see uh, one, two, three, four galaxies in the background. I like yes. the diffraction spikes. That's those are nice yeah, signature of the of a reflector. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, this the M fifty one's really satisfying. It's so bright. I think you should give it a shot. Yeah. For anyone it, listening, it's it's positioned nicely right now too. So it is. It's hanging around the Big Dipper. Uh, it's on the one end of it near like the uh, handle, and then M eighty one, M eighty two, the cigar and Bode's galaxy are near the uh, the other part of the Big Dipper. Yep. So give those a shot. Uh, remember, if you have that big scope, pull it out. This is the time to use it. Uh, keep in mind that your exposure times will be extended a little, um, you know, beyond the one minute, two minute, uh, or you're going to have to do several short exposures in order to collect all that data and uh, just patiently uh, stack it and, and process it through. And Trevor, you've got some some great tutorials on your webpage as well on how to on how to do that. So if anyone has any questions on, on what to do. Yeah, there's one that comes to mind of adding a luminance layer. And I did this with a monochrome camera to the M51 that I was talking about. 
So if you want to check out uh, adding a luminance layer in Photoshop, that's where I add uh, some just some extra details to boost the brightness of the M51 Galaxy, the one that we couldn't see that I sent to Steve. But we may include this image on the Facebook page as an example. Sure, we can Steve's do that. up for it. Yep. Yep. No, there no, no one can see it. It's all mine. I'm not sharing okay. this one. Yeah. I was. I used to be that kid in the sandbox, eh, with the toys. You didn't let anyone else play with your toy. Never mind. <laughs> Some things never change. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I share. I'm just kidding. You should, you learned to share over the years. Yeah. Gradually. Gradually. Yeah. So, I don't, you got anything else, Trevor? Should we talk about our that one second challenge briefly? Oh, yeah, yeah. You Well, you have one second to, uh, to announce it. Okay. All right. So, um, for those of you who watch me on Facebook Live, uh, when I put them on, uh, when I'm on there, uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But this is my challenge for the spring, because spring is upon us. Um, it's called the One Second Challenge. All you need is a DSLR and a tripod. You don't need anything else. Select an object, preferably something that's bright. Point to it with your and get it framed in and focus. And get your uh, intervalometer for your DSLR. Or if your camera has it internally. Or if it has do. it internally, yep. Uh, my Nikon has it. Just saying. Um, and uh, do uh, get, get a blank SD card, like a 32 gig or a 16 yeah. gig SD card. Pop it in and fr frame up your, your object and set a, a one second exposure. And, and um, you know what? Maybe put a uh, one second pause. Just... Yeah, let the sensor give give it a yeah. break for a second or, or a two second pause even. Yeah, two second pause, right? And just start taking one second exposures of that object and fill up the SD card. Every once in a while, you might need to nudge the uh, tripod and the camera just to keep that object within the within the frame. And, you know, you're probably going to end up anywhere between 500 to 1,000 images. Just keep this, going. This until... contest was sponsored by SanDisk. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Don't kidding. say that. <laughs> uh, Just go ahead and fill up that card. Fill up you're that card. One. Right? Stack them up. Process through. But, you know, here's the thing. Right? To see the magic of this, do stack 50, then stack 100, then stack 200, and see what the yeah. differences are in between. Right. It's the ultimate signal to noise ratio test. Yeah, and then you can see it happening when you get to the end and you stack them all up and you process them through. Post them on the Facebook page. I'm totally going to do it because what's the? How easy is that to set it up on an object and just to leave it running? That's it. Yep. yep. It's cool. It's a cool yep. experiment, and you've seen it actually work. Not so have I. I ha yeah. I was blown away with what you can actually do with this. Yeah, quite quite amazing. You know, if you have a camera tracker, use a camera tracker as well. Um, that way you don't have to be nudging. You can like set it up and let it go, and then start. Uh, For sure, but you don't have. But if you don't have one, you can still do it. You're right. just gonna have to, you know, nudge yeah. the camera closer to the object as it's moving away from you. Right, and if you have a long focal length lens, say you're at 200 millimeter, one second exposure is fine. Um, you're not gonna get any star trailing. That's the thing too. I was gonna say for, for focal length, I guess anything goes, eh? But just, yeah. just about, yeah. Camera lens. Don't you don't use a scope or anything. Yeah, yeah. This is just this is a, a DSLR challenge. 
and and uh, uh, I'd be really interested to see what the results are. Uh, it, I think um, you know you can have a, you can have a lot of fun with it, and it just goes to show that you don't need to have a whole lot of equipment. Anyone can get into the hobby, and um, or if you find yourself somewhere and you don't have any equipment with you and just have a camera and tripod, you can still get mm -hmm. some astrophotography done and um, have a really good result. So try that out. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, post those results, and uh, you know I'm really excited to see what uh, our listeners come up with. Very cool. That's that's like the funnest thing to do in, in uh, our situation where we actually get to engage with the the listeners is stuff like that. So I can't wait to see what you guys come up with right. if, you, if you go ahead with this challenge. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Neef is coming up. We'll talk about Neef another time. Uh, but we three we weeks will, away. Yeah, three weeks away. We will be there. Um, uh, Trevor will have an art, uh, uh, bodyguard with him. Um, security, <laughs> security, um, and uh, I'm just gonna uh, sit back and laugh and take pictures. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, you I got have... your own following. You're gonna be a busy guy that weekend. Yeah, yeah. They should make a neat week. How cool would that be? Yeah. So, anyways, I don't have anything else. I can. Oh, that's it. I, I I should stop talking. Yeah. Before my heart keeps going the way it is. <laughs> No, that was good. So uh, one second challenge, galaxy season. Can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Uh, it seems like the, you know, the skies have been, knock on wood, a little bit better lately. So can't use that excuse anymore. Time to get to work. Yes. Clear skies, everyone. Clear skies, everybody.